Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. draft season ahead of us here on the show craig mish davis maddock two hours of fantasy sports talk getting you ready for your upcoming fantasy football draft the nfl season is now less than a month away and davis we had week one of the nfl preseason i was here on sunday morning doing a show from 8 a.m to 10 a.m we had a lot of fun discussing everything and i feel like before we get to our headlines uh, I was mildly entertained, and, and I thought if I was building a story and I had a headline, it certainly would have been all about the rookie quarterbacks getting on the field for the first time this weekend. Hope uh, you had a good weekend. I had uh, I had a great weekend. I played some golf. I watched a bunch of preseason football. It was definitely a good weekend, and I think you're right. I mean, the headline should definitely have been the Trey Lance 80-yard bomb touchdown Justin Fields with the rushing touchdown and then the wide open throw that he had for his second touchdown. And, and he's not a rookie, but I would go ahead and include Tua in that conversation as well. Mm-hmm. I thought Tua looked much better than when we saw yeah. him. He did end up throwing a bad interception. But look, I mean, that was kind of one of the things we knew about Tua. He does not have a total cannon of an arm. But I, I thought all of the young quarterbacks did uh, did themselves a lot of favors in those games in preseason week one. I definitely did, and we're going to dive in pretty hard on this show today as to what happened and how it affects rankings going into Week 2. We've got games coming up Thursday night in in preseason Week 2, which will be the absolute critical point of the fantasy football draft season. So let's get started with our headlines here on this Monday. In addition to the NFL preseason game recaps, we've got Fernando Tatis Jr. returning to the Padres as a right fielder, at least for now. And he ended up hitting two home runs yesterday. This is the third time he's come off the injured list at Homer. You Darvish went on the injured list for San Diego. They are in some trouble. The Clippers get Eric Bledsoe in a trade with the Grizzlies. I want to get into that as well. My guy, Anthony Miller, just nothing goes right for him. Texans wide receiver suffers a dislocated shoulder in the preseason. No surgery, a couple weeks, surgery, a couple months. 
And Roger Federer, out many months, he's going to miss the upcoming U.S. Open on the tennis circuit, no doubt about that. But uh, real quick, over to the NBA trade here, Davis. I saw people are surmising that the Clippers probably have more in store by doing this trade. What exactly does that mean? Uh, that's, that's what I saw yesterday. Maybe there's more at it for them. Well, they did. They were able to clear some salary and some roster spots in this trade. So in this trade, they got Eric Bledsoe and his contract, and they removed Patrick Beverly's contract, Rajon Rondo's roster cap hold, and Daniel Oturo. Now, Bledsoe does have a fairly big cap hit, $18.5 million. They also have Marcus Morris's cap hit. They also signed that awful Luke Kennard deal last offseason. He has a $12 million cap hit, and they still have Reggie Jackson on the roster. Uh, they, they do still have some cap space, uh, some maneuverability, and they are able to very cheaply move on from Eric Bledsoe next season. Only $3.9 million of dead cap they were to move on from Bledsoe next year. But I, I think that, one, opening the roster spots was you know a fairly big deal, and especially not having to pay uh, Rajon Rondo's contract, not having to pay Patrick Beverly's contract. But we know that they've needed a point guard for a while. I mean, they had the, the Rajon Rondo, Patrick Beverly, Reggie Jackson tandem, and they they didn't like the way any of those guys were playing in the playoffs. I, I think rightfully so. You know, they, those guys were not creating good looks for the, the Clippers superstars. But they're also gambling on Eric Bledsoe, you know, kind of being the guy he was three, four years ago. I, I do not love this trade for the Clippers. I mean, I, I have no problem with moving on from Beverly or Rondo. You know, what are those sure. guys really giving a championship team? But I, I think I would have used that money in a different way. Like, I, I don't see 32-year-old Eric Bledsoe as, like, a really good addition to the Clippers roster or anything like that. Okay, fair enough. We had preseason games Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, Sunday's game was a little bit of a dud, I thought. But uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Davis, what was your uh, favorite moment of week one's NFL preseason? Uh, I think it was, it had to have been Justin Fields rushing touchdown. Because I, I mean, I love Trey Lance, don't get me wrong. But Fields is the one I, I you know, I bet the over on the Bears win total. Mm -hmm. And it seems like everyone kind of universally agrees that Trey Lance is going to be good and that he should take over that starting quarterback job for the 49ers sooner rather than later. But there are Justin Fields detractors. I mean, you know, the the Broncos passed up on him at uh, at that number nine pick. And like that, the NFL seemed a little bit lower on the NFL seemed a little bit lower on Justin Fields than kind of the, the general public and, and uh, fantasy football Twitter. So I was very excited to see Justin Fields play well. And his, uh, his quote after the game, actually, I think probably is going to be the thing I remember because he said, you know, it seemed like everything was real slow out there for him. And that's the kind of thing that you love to hear from a rookie quarterback. You know, you don't want to hear what, what Drew Locke said uh, after a game last year where he said, half the time I, the ball leaves my hands, I'm thinking, oh, no, in my head. You definitely don't want to be hearing those kinds of things. No, and, and I would tell you that um, if you have some time, I don't know, but later on today, maybe before you do, you know, one of your fantasy football podcasts, whatever, go back and watch Mike Zimmer's press conference after the Broncos Vikings game, where he literally, Davis, like rips into every player on his team for that performance against Denver. Like you will feel, you will not feel good about anyone on the Vikings. After hearing him talk, I talked about it yesterday, too. It was just uh, crazy. But uh, coming up next, if, if you didn't watch the NFL preseason games, especially in the second half, hey, I can't blame you. 
But the good news is, is we're going to recap some of the players that were standouts in fantasy football that you may now have to consider drafting late or pick up off the waiver wire. We'll have that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I was feeling all proud of myself this weekend for watching the NFL preseason and thinking that I was prepared to come on the show and talk about all the great things that happened. And then I uh, woke up this morning and saw our preseason fantasy standouts, uh, half the guys I never saw play. So I guess, Davis, I must have tuned out <laughs> at some point in the second halves of these games because a lot of the players we're going to talk about were really standouts, I, I would say, uh, that that played against third and fourth stringers, but that's not to say that we won't see them during the regular season. So I, it does become important, but I, I guess I just tuned out of most of these games at halftime. It, it must have been it because I don't recognize a lot of this. Well, you know, I mean, we are we are logged into these games. We're tracking these games to think about, okay, you know, how are the rookie quarterbacks doing? Who is the second running back in Pittsburgh? You know, is there, we're looking for, oh, you know, is Antonio Gibson going to be playing on third downs you know what uh, what veteran wide receivers are still playing in the third quarter so like 
some of these preseason fantasy standouts, the guy I always come back to is, remember when Victor Cruz had like the 190 yes. yards and two touchdowns in that preseason game? And like that was in like the fourth quarter, but that solidified his roster spot and he ended up breaking out. Miles Austin, the Dallas Cowboys, same thing, had a great mm-hmm. preseason. And some of these guys, you know, maybe we will. You know, maybe Tommy Tremble is a name that we're actually going to have to learn during the regular season. Some of them, some of them will make the roster you know, and, and some of them won't, and, and the coaching staffs will be well aware of that. All right, so so let's roll through it here. I, I thought we would see Javante Williams, but we did not. We saw uh, Trinity Benson, wide receiver on the Denver Broncos. I believe he is their fourth string wide receiver. He had two touchdowns in that game against Minnesota. K.J. Hamler in that same game had two receptions, 105 yards and a touchdown. Remember, Sutton is not playing right now for Denver. Uh, Trey Ragas, running back, brand new name for me today. 62 rushing yards, three receptions, 20 receiving yards, and a touchdown. Scotty Phillips, who I thought last year was going to get a shot with Houston, but he did not. 66 rushing yards, also had a touchdown, four receptions, 23 yards. And Tommy Tremble was, uh, you know, a cute name last year. I remember hearing his name a bit. Uh, He also had a touchdown, three receptions, and 19 yards. So, uh, look, my takeaway, Davis, is, uh, look, it's Denver, and I just don't trust it. It was nice to see those guys do what they did. I don't know what was going on with Minnesota in that game. But uh, you have my attention here with these running backs, uh, especially in Oakland and Houston. So take me through uh, the running backs, if you don't mind. Well, you know, the interesting thing in Houston is, one, you know, I do think there is going to be kind of an open competition for running back there behind Philip Lindsay because I, I think they might cut David Johnson. I definitely think Mark Ingram probably ends up getting cut. Rex Burkhead, I mean, you know, maybe he he sticks around to play special teams or, or whatever. But Scotty Phillips probably making a pretty good argument in the preseason to being their third running back. I guess the reason why I find Tommy Tremble interesting is he is, you know, a fairly athletic guy. He's only 20 years old right now, just got drafted out of Notre Dame. And the Panthers don't really have a tight end. You know, they have Dan Arnold there, who's been in the NFL for quite some time. You know, I don't think he's going to be like a, a real starting tight end or anything like that. And they also have Ian Thomas, who last year had literally no competition for targets and playing time and only had a 7% target share. So I actually think Tremble playing well is pretty interesting. And I, I really like the quarterback that Tommy Tremble is playing with, who we're going to talk about. And then Benson is actually, I think, making a pretty good case to make the Broncos roster because the Broncos beat writers say this guy is crushing practice every single day, saying he, you know, he looks great, he's always open, has the good performance. You know, KJ Hamler, of course, scores the long touchdown. But I, I do think Benson is making a good case to make the roster. And then KJ Hamler making a very good case to play over Tim Patrick as the third wide receiver for the Broncos. And I, I really like KJ Hamler kind of as a, a late-round dart throw in a lot of these drafts. Okay, interesting wide receivers and running backs. Now let's take a look at the quarterbacks. And uh, after the game, Vic Fangio said Drew Locke and Bridgewater both played equally, so no separation there. Locke had 151 yards and two touchdowns. P.J. Walker looked much better in the game yesterday or a Saturday no was it yesterday yeah then he did in the NFL season last year that's for sure 10 for 21 161 passing yards and a touchdown Cleveland's Kyle Lauetta 19 of 27 212 passing yards and two touchdowns there's Justin Fields who started off shaky and then looked awesome 14 of 20 142 passing yards 33 rushing yards and scored twice 
And I was shocked, honestly shocked, Davis, to see Bryce Perkins play as well as he did. I watched that game. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. 7 for 10, 42 passing yards, 23 rushing yards, and a touchdown. Definitely worth noting because Matthew Stafford has not been the model of health. Davis, over the last few years, always misses a game or two with the back. So Perkins, definitely interesting for me. So uh, quarterback-wise, where do you want to start? So, uh, I mean, I, I, of course, want to start with Justin Fields, who I think did have to play well in this game to start, uh, you know, the Bears thinking about starting in week one of that game against the Rams because he's got to put pressure on the head, the coaching staff. He's got to put pressure on the front office. But also the fans have to just be, like, ready to throw a mutiny if they see Andy Dalton in week one. And if Justin Fields came out, you know, threw an interception, kind of just scrambled around and didn't make anything happen – Certainly the fans would have wanted Justin Fields, but I follow a fair number of Bears fans on Twitter, and Craig, they were losing their minds. I mean, these they were losing their minds when he scrambled for that touchdown and when he threw... Uh, you know, when he threw that touchdown to Jesse James. I mean, they were they were so it was like they'd won a Super Bowl or something watching this guy play because it has been so long since the Bears have had above average quarterback play. You know, they Trubisky got through the one season. I think they won 10 games that year with Trubisky. Mm-hmm. You know, they made the Super Bowl with Grossman and everything. But it's been so long since the you know the Bears quarterback has been an elite guy in the league, and I think I think he has really put pressure there on the Bears coaching staff. Um, Bryce Perkins, you're right, uh, you know he he played pretty well. PJ Walker, I really want to see him succeed. I loved the XFL when it existed, and PJ Walker was one of the guys who played so well in the XFL that he got himself an NFL contract. Um, I I think he is a very going to be a good backup quarterback in the league. I don't know if he quite has the arm strength to make it as a, a starting quarterback, but I I really like him. And then this guy did not make our list, but uh, Ty, uh, Tyrese Huntley the Baltimore Ravens third string quarterback. He had a, he had a Tyler Huntley. My apologies. He had a, he had a great game. He was a quarterback at the university of Maryland. Uh, Trace McSorley injured his back. He's going to be out for the rest of the preseason. And people might remember Huntley actually, because Huntley was the, the guy who came in. Remember the game when Lamar had uh, the cramps when he had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So Huntley came in in that game and actually moved the sticks a little bit. He got a, he got a first down when Lamar was out of the game. And he is, I mean, obviously not as good of a passer, but the guy can really run. Like, he can really move. So I, I think the combination of McSorley being injured um, and Huntley playing well, like, I, I think he can move up a spot on the depth chart. And, you know, kind of reminds me of, you know, Tyrod Taylor was a backup quarterback for a long time. I think I literally I think his entire rookie contract he was a, the backup quarterback in Baltimore and then finally got a crack. I think Huntley might kind of be like that because the NFL just needs guys like that. The NFL got needs guys like Huntley and PJ Walker. Like you know the 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 time in the NFL of you know your Tom Savages having you know your your Matt Flynn's having right. the backup quarterback job. That's all over. You want your backup to be a runner. You want a guy who can come in. And get a couple first downs if your quarterback is out for a series or two. So I, I was, I just, I, that's a very small niche note, but I, I did really like what Huntley did. Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting this weekend for sure. By the way, the Ravens, I think they've won like every preseason game the last four years or something insane. Yeah. I, I saw that uh, post yesterday. I didn't even realize that, but yeah, Baltimore very interesting. If if McSorley if he's out um, for a long time, or McCarron, excuse me, is, is out for a long time. 
then I think that that possibility would exist there for sure. So keep an eye on that as we go, and we'll continue on next year as we run through all the quarterbacks who played in the NFL preseason. We'll start off with yesterday's game. Some mixed results, I, I think, for these two quarterbacks that we saw yesterday, Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger. One played well, the other, uh, you know, okay, I guess, but we'll dive into that next, see what, of course, Davis thinks of that. Also, the Denver Broncos uh, quarterback situation heats up as well. So stay on the grid. We'll break it all down for you coming up here on FST. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. The Indianapolis Colts always play the first Sunday of the NFL preseason at home. I've never really understood why that happens. Maybe there's an explanation for that, but it always seems like they do. It's a 1 o'clock Eastern game. And unfortunately, a little bit of a dud yesterday. But, of course, we have a a pseudo-quarterback competition, essentially, as it looks like, going into the first week. And and honestly, I don't know if they just created this competition to to push Jacob Eason a little bit in case that Carson Wentz is out. But certainly yesterday, Davis, uh, the results definitely showed, I, I mean, I think that Jacob Eason looked better than uh, Ellinger. But I don't, I don't know what your thoughts were on these two as we open up. Yeah, I mean, I did not think that Ellinger looked all that good. The interception was not a particularly great throw. And I, I did not really anticipate that either one of these guys would look all that good. I mean, you know, it, it's hard to kind of glean anything away from preseason stats. I, I guess that the interesting thing about 
the Colts is they have a bunch of fourth, fifth string, sixth string wide receivers who I actually think are kind of interesting players. Mike Strachan was like this incredibly productive D2 college player. Desmond Patton was a very productive college player. Tyler Vaughns was super productive at USC. So I think that these guys maybe kind of even got an advantage in terms of who they were throwing to. Like, uh, you know, a lot of fourth string quarterbacks you get in there and the wide receivers you are playing with are like just total nobodies, guys who never have a chance of making an NFL roster. And I actually think specifically for these two guys, for Eason and Ellinger, they kind of got you know, a little bit of an advantage there. I mean, I don't think that either Eason or Ellinger performs so well that uh, the Colts are, you know, exhaling deeply right now. Like, oh, you know, we're going to be all right if uh, if Carson has to miss a month or a couple weeks. And and I, uh, more perhaps more importantly, I don't think either one of them, you know, like cemented the job. Like, oh, yeah, this is definitely, definitely we have Ellinger in there in these, uh, week one. Definitely we have Jacob Eason in there in week one. I thought both of them performed okay, Again, I would give I would give the slight nod to Ellinger because I always am going to prefer the running quarterback, and I think it's a little bit easier to just look. We need a win this week. Let's just we got we have one. We're we're gonna we're gonna dial up. You know the Tim Tebow style, uh, Terrell Pryor style game plan where we're just gonna run forty five times. Yeah, and you see Eason's numbers there: fifteen of twenty one, one hundred eighty three passing yards, uh, also two rushes. The uh, the one issue, as Davis mentioned, uh, was Sam Ellinger. Let's take a look at his numbers here. And he threw for less yards, and I think the key number here that you're going to see is clearly when you throw an interception in the preseason, that is very big for coaches because it's almost like the one thing that you almost cannot do in order to win a job, and that's you know kind of unfortunately what Ellinger did. But he did rush for 30 yards. And on the ground, that's what he did well at Texas, uh, no doubt about that. Now, let's move over to the Broncos situation where they 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 played as well as they possibly could have, Davis. Let's be honest. Uh, both Locke and, and Bridgewater both had good games. The uh, I, Again, I watched Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. He explained that because the uh, the first team of the Vikings, apparently, they they had practices against Denver, I think. And also, uh, their internal practices were so good with the first stringers, Davis, that he decided to sit all of the first stringers against Minnesota and give them a break because they had played so well. But then, in comes the second stringers, and and I think based on seeing that, this is going to be a massive overreaction to Denver because Drew Locke was awesome. He threw seven passes. He completed five. He threw for 151 yards. He also threw for two touchdowns. And, uh, and and I have a feeling people are going to push this guy up and push Teddy B up, and I don't know that that's the right call. Yeah, I mean, if I was the if I was making the decisions there in Denver, I would basically be like, look, Drew, you know, you, you've gave it your all, but I, I, I think maybe we can scrape 10 wins out of Teddy. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong, because I guess Drew Locke is the higher variance quarterback. Obviously, you're going to have more interceptions, more fumbles, more sacks, and things like that. But Teddy would have never made that throw that Drew Locke made to K.J. Hamler. He never would have tried to force the ball down the field. And Locke actually had the highest percentage of throws um, that went 20 yards down the field or more last year of any quarterback that started multiple NFL games last season. So I guess that in a way, the Broncos probably like that about Drew Locke. You know, they like that he's willing to push the envelope. What they don't like is, of course, the interceptions, the fumbles, and all the things like that. And, you know, again, if we're going to be fair to Teddy and we're going to be fair to Locke, 
about 90% of Drew Locke's production came because KJ Hamler is really good and really fast. Like, it's not like Drew Locke was throwing a bunch of BBs left and right. Like, he, he did make a nice throw to KJ Hamler, but KJ Hamler made that throw happen, which I guess you, you could say Teddy still would not have made that throw, even though Hamler made it happen. And Hamler is going to be playing with the first team offense the first week of the season. So I, I, I do think that Drew having that good of a game, assuming that he doesn't implode in any of the rest of their preseason games, he probably has at least locked in starting the first couple games of the season for the Denver Broncos. Wouldn't be what I would choose, and I think Teddy probably takes over you know, week five, week six. It's just, it's just a little bit easier to watch Teddy play football. Like it, It's not very inspiring. It's not very artistic, but he does make it happen in a much more – um, simple and programmable way. You know, you can't really keep Drew Locke on script. All right, fair enough. Let's move on to the New England Patriots, who certainly had their hands full uh, on uh, this weekend with the Detroit Lions. And then Cam Newton got his first preseason action in a couple of years. He was four of seven. He threw for 49 passing yards. And uh, you know, most of what I heard, and uh, Davis, you'll have to tell me if, if I'm uh, correct or not was that Mac Jones at least in the limited time that we saw him again not against the top guys but did look better than Cam Newton as Mac Jones was 13 of 19 he threw for 87 yards we know it's going to be a struggle to watch this New England offense but at least the sentiment was Mac Jones can make throws that Cam cannot at this stage of his career I don't know if you agree with that or not but that's sort of some of the things that I heard uh, and I think what you heard was uh, honestly mostly accurate. Uh, Mac Jones was the better passer. Now, 19 passing attempts for 87 yards. Not uh, like that. Certainly, that's not the best YPA. But again, he's also working in the structure of what they have there. They were not uh, They were not showcasing anyone. They weren't really trying to push the ball all that much that first game for the Patriots. And by the way, I would expect a guy like Mac Jones to look a, a look better than Cam Newton in the preseason because Cam's not running in the preseason. They're not going to be calling a ton of play action in the preseason. They're not going to have Cam rolling out in the preseason. So even if Cam was healthy, even if Cam was feeling like you know 2012 Cam Newton or whatever, I would still anticipate Mac Jones's results and aesthetics to look a little bit better in the preseason. I do think... Cam has got to be like a huge favorite to start the first game, like pro like minus 300 or something to start the first game for the Patriots. But I mean, look, we see Lance, we see Fields. I, I guess probably the argument is that this crop of rookie quarterbacks is maybe just a little bit more ready to go and ready to play than the average crop of rookie quarterbacks. Like they all looked pretty good in their debut. Even Zach Wilson, honestly, was, uh, was yeah. not too shabby in his first appearance, which I thought was a nice sign. And for fantasy football, like there's no doubt about it, for fantasy purposes, we would rather have Mac Jones be the quarterback, going to be throwing passes to James White. They'll be throwing a little bit more often to the tight ends. You know, Jacoby Myers, I I'm not really interested in any of the other Patriots wide receivers. You know, I'll leave Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne for someone else. But I, I think I would definitely prefer to see Mac Jones starting week one than Cam, which is sad because I've liked Cam Newton for a long time. Yeah, and former MVP in the in the NFL. All right, now let's get to the 49ers here because I did watch this one pretty closely. Jimmy Garoppolo started off the game. He looked fine. He completed three passes. Uh, he They were 26 yards, and that was pretty much a wrap because they wanted to take a good look at Trey Lance. And Trey Lance did make that 
great throw for the touchdown, and I and I watched that. But Davis, he was only five for fourteen passing. The hundred twenty-eight yards were really more or less on that one play. And I will say that after seeing the highlight of Trey Lance Davis, I went back and I wanted to make sure because I was like, I've never seen this guy play. So let me go back. And I did watch that the, the condensed game, which was about 20 minutes. And I came away thinking, unfortunately, Davis, for me, that he's not, that he's not ready. I, I, at least that's the way that I felt after watching it. I thought he – I mean, maybe their offensive line is not that great, but it looked like he took a lot of sacks. It looked like he you know, threw a couple of passes that could have been picked. He may end up being a superstar, and maybe he's a superstar now. And by the way, maybe he should start week one. I, he probably is better than Jimmy Garoppolo right now anyway. But I don't think that one touchdown pass told the whole story for me. I went back and watched and thought, whoa, a little, a little shakiness. At least that was my takeaway. Well, I, I think that that one throw basically tells the entire story because Jimmy doesn't make that throw, right? Zero percent does Jimmy make that throw. He checks it down. He scrambles for four yards. You know, he hits Richie James underneath or something. Literally zero percent chance. He rolled like Lance, by the way, was rolling off his wrong foot. He was rolling out to his left and then hucked it with his right. I mean, that's a very hard throw to make. And you're right. I mean, he made some mistakes. I think that the idea that like because of that throw, he is NFL ready. You're right. That's a little bit overstated. But to me, I mean, he showed enough of the tools. Like, he showed enough, like, this is why they took him at number three overall to be like, look, I mean, maybe they start with Jimmy or whatever, and they, they have a very um, easy schedule to start the year. So if Jimmy does start, I think he probably gets, you know, six, seven games or something like that. But to, to me, Craig, he showed enough to just be like, look, we're going to eat it. We're, maybe we lose a couple games because he takes a sack or something. But I, I, the, the, tool, the physical tools are just unbelievable. Yeah, no, there, there's no question about that. But, uh, you know, he just refused to throw the ball away, like ever. And and there was a lot of sacks coming in. There was almost a pick there, too. Look, I have no doubt in a year from now we'll be talking about this kid being one of the best in the NFL. But I, at least I did not see that yesterday or Saturday. All right, uh, it's always coming up next. Great, great. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back as we head toward NFL preseason week number two. A reminder that while our show is live two hours every day, you can catch us on demand on our YouTube channel. And most importantly, if you only have about five minutes a day to catch some of our advice, here's what you do. Go on our social media channels over on Twitter, at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV. And we post clips for you all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the early line, the morning after. Fantasy Sports Today, of course, Scott Farrell, Coast to Coast, In Game Live, all of the shows when we're talking, you're listening. If you have a phone or mobile device of any kind, download us in the App Store, on Twitter, at SportsGrid, and at SportsGrid TV. Now, week one of the NFL preseason is officially in the books, and naturally that means that we all have takes. And certainly, I got my fair share of preseason time in, woke up on Sunday morning, Davis, and basically went through every game uh, on, on, you know, condensed form because I wanted to be sure that I was ready to talk about it on Sunday morning and also here on this show as well. But I would love for you to give me your takeaways from the first week first. So go ahead. So when I went through the games and I was watching a lot of them live, I I wanted to give, you know, very specific fantasy football relevant takeaways because that's why I, I I mean, I love to watch football, of course. Don't get me wrong. Like football on my TV, I'm going to watch it. I I remember, I bet you remember this too, Craig. They played the, uh, that FCS game before college football started last year, like, you know, height of the coronavirus pandemic. I wish I, I don't even remember the names of the teams, but I remember that game and I was like tuned in ready to go because football hadn't been on my TV in so long. And it's, you know, it's, it's an oasis in the middle of the desert. But my three takeaways here are, are, are very specific to fantasy football. The first one is that I think Trey Lance and Justin Fields are ready to start. Fields a little bit more so than Lance. But the big takeaway there is I would anticipate that it is now much more likely after one week that those guys actually do start in week one. The 49ers schedule is very easy to begin with, and the Rams, or not the Rams, the Bears are a little bit more difficult, especially because they do have to play the Rams in week one. But the 49ers open the season up against the Lions, very bad team. Eagles, likely going to be pretty bad. Then the two difficult games at the beginning of the schedule, they do play the Packers and the Seahawks there to begin with, but they, they get a bunch of easy games to start the year. I think those guys are ready to start. I think that makes them more draftable in your average one-quarterback, 12-team PPR league. Maybe maybe you have to draft you know, Baker Mayfield or something, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to get you through a week or two of the season. But I, I am ready for those guys to start games. And more importantly, I think they're both going to be pretty good for fantasy due to their rushing. The second one is kind of snuck under the radar, 
But I think Anthony McFarland is the handcuff running back to own in Pittsburgh. And I think that's a pretty valuable role. We've seen that be true for a lot of years, right? James Conner was the handcuff for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, D'Angelo Williams was the handcuff for Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we've had our, our Mawelde Moores, our fast Willie Parkers. But, you know, the whole time that the Ben Roethlisberger, Kevin Tomlin nexus has existed there. The backup running back has always been fairly valuable. And McFarland did play in the, you know, the facsimile first team offense when Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool were out there. He wasn't super effective or anything like that. Nine carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown. But the combination of him playing with that first team offense and the combination of everything the beat writers have been saying about McFarland in training camp leads me to believe he is the secondary running back there. And he's not even being drafted. And like, you know, it, you know, Alexander Madison goes, you know, 140th overall. Devin Singletary goes, or I mean, Tony Pollard, a pure handcuff, goes in the ninth round. So I, I like McFarland as a target now. And then another under the radar one, Donovan's Peoples-Jones is right now looks like the third wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. He made this unbelievable catch on the Browns very first drive he's running up against the sideline Case Keenum throws him a terrible pass he reaches back behind his body as his momentum is carrying him the other way snags the ball and taps both his toes to land in bounds to get a first down I mean it was the kind of thing that I think Odell Beckham would have done as a rookie but if Odell Beckham tried to do it now he'd like tear both of his ACLs because he's so he's so brittle and fragile I, and I was thinking about this. I wonder what line I could get that Donovan Peoples-Jones leads the Cleveland Browns in fantasy points for, for receiving this year. And I bet it's a pretty long line, but I fan to a look. If, guys, if you're listening, offer me this line because I would be, I would be willing to bet it. I, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones maybe looks like a potential star in the NFL. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Strong, strong statement there for sure. And look, he's gotten further open than just about any receiver in the NFL. When he catches the ball, he just takes it to the house every time. All right, some really good observations there as well. Let me get to some of mine here from the takeaway from this weekend, and Davis can throw me out here if I'm if I'm wrong. All right, I'm going to start back on the Vikings here because, again, Mike Zimmer made the comment after this game, Davis, that Kellen Mond looked like he was in slow Motion. This is what he said about his rookie quarterback, Davis, after the game. Six for 16 against the Broncos. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't love Kellen Mond in college, but man, like, woof, if Kirk Cousins goes down, are they in trouble? Yes. Uh, okay, let me go to positive now. Uh, Rondell Moore looked really good, Davis, for Arizona. He had three receptions. They also ran the ball a little with him. It was almost like he was doing the things that Andy Isabella was supposed to do. So, Maybe Rondell Moore gets a little bit of a bump in my book. I know it's a very crowded wide receiving group in Arizona, but it seems like with the way that Cliff runs that offense, there's always room for four. Maybe Moore is the fourth guy. And then finally, I think you may have mentioned this guy on the show. I'm not positive, but I thought this tight end for Tampa Bay, Tanner Hudson, looked really good. And Tom Brady throwing to a rookie tight end in the preseason had me have to sit up here, Davis, a little bit. Four receptions, 48 yards. It looked like he broke away from a couple of different defenders. And, I mean, would they cut O.J. Howard? Would they trade O.J. Howard? If, if that would ever happen, and I think that you made a really good point last week, Gronk, as good as he is, they're saving that guy for the second half of the season. they got to have him 
for the second half in the playoffs. And if that is the case, who is catching passes at tight end? Brady's always thrown to the tight end. This guy is on my radar for sure. So Tanner Hudson. So Davis, any of those three things, uh, any validity to any of those three things as we move toward week two? Yeah, I did. I mentioned Tanner Hudson to you. I think we talked about OJ Howard last Thursday, and I told you about this guy, Tanner Hudson, who is amazing in the preseason every single year. I believe this is his third year. Yeah, this, or maybe it's his fourth season, actually, on the Buccaneers roster, but every year this guy does well in the preseason. I mean, he just, he just crushes it. Like, I remember 2019 preseason NFL DFS. I just remember, like, every week it was like you had to play Tanner Hudson at tight end because he was crushing it. Now, I don't know how much that uh, this guy from Southern Arkansas, which is the college that he went to, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if he is going to be amazing in the NFL, but I think he is, his consistent preseason performance, the fact that he's a good blocker, he's got soft hands, preseason Gronk is what we've been calling him. I do, I do think that he is making a good case to make the roster a good case that he's less of a headache than OJ Howard, who has been, you know, feuding and off and on with the Buccaneers coaching staff pretty much his entire time there. He's always injured Gronk. I think they're going to have to, they, they are definitely going to rest Gronk in the regular season and try to keep him as fresh as possible for the NFL playoffs. So I, I think Hudson is going to get some regular season playing time. And I guess the, the most natural guy for him to replace would be OJ Howard. Yeah. But also Cam Brait who I think is entering into right. his ninth season on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. And it's not that, you know, Braid is a bad player or anything like that, but I think Hudson offers them a little bit more upside. And that Rondale Moore performance I thought was massive um, because what it showed is that Cliff Kingsbury wants to use him. And it's so weird that this is the analogy, but Larry Fitzgerald's like final seasons in Arizona, they would like throw him these screen passes and you'd be like, what are you doing throwing 35-year-old Larry Fitzgerald screen passes, and it was because that role existed in the air raid offense that Cliff ran at Texas Tech, but he didn't really have a natural guy to put in there. Like, Christian Kirk wasn't a good fit for it. You needed DeAndre Hopkins to be occupying the top cornerback. Hopkins also was a good blocker, so he'd be blocking on a lot of those screens. But Cliff drafted Rondale Moore to be a better version of what he wanted Andy Isabella to be. He wanted Isabella to be this player that they could do, you know, the jet sweeps and the screen passes and and the option routes. They wanted Isabella to be that guy. I think Isabella probably gets cut this preseason, which is a bummer. Um, But yeah, I mean, Rondell, I I was super enthusiastic about that performance. I actually moved him up a couple spots in my rankings as a result there. And then Mond, you know, I was ready for Mond to look really good because Mond crushed bad teams in college. He definitely did not do that. Probably because he hasn't been practicing at all. He's been on the COVID list. Another one of the Vikings. The Vikings have no vaccinated quarterbacks. So uh, don't know how that's going to go for them in the regular season. If it gets there, you know, we might have a Kendall Hinton situation with the Minnesota Vikings. But I, I was looking forward to Mond playing well. And it was kind of a bummer that he did not. Yeah. Um. I, f- I feel silly for even asking this question. Is Larry Fitzgerald still on Arizona or did he retire? I have no idea. So that's a- actually, that is a good question because we don't know. So right now he's not on, right now he is not on the roster, but he also has not retired and he still technically hmm. is under contract and no one knows. The team doesn't know. The fans don't know. I don't even think Larry Fitzgerald knows. And, you know, a quick 
Google search on him is basically like, well, he's not reported to camp, technically under contract. I think he has until September 1st to, like, I think if he reports by September 1st, he can, like, opt into his contract or whatever instead of retiring. Right. And basically, he could just roll up and be like, yeah, I just didn't really feel like doing training camp, but I'm back now. My guess, like, I don't have Larry Fitzgerald projected. My guess would be, though, if they cut Andy Isabella, Cliff might have to get on the phone and be like, look, dude, we need you. Like, we need someone who knows the scheme. We need someone who can block a little bit, who can run these routes. I mean, I think all likelihood is that Fitzgerald is done playing football. But in terms of, like, things that would surprise me about the NFL season, Fitzgerald playing for the Cardinals this season would not surprise me. I think he's chasing some records also in the NFL. And if I if I remember correctly, there were a few games last year where Murray was throwing to him over and over over the middle and he was cat like I mean, I, I've seen like like a good example is I think AJ Green is completely done. And I think that Larry Fitzgerald could probably like last through this season. Like I, I could see that happening. I, I feel like uh, like this is not like an Andre Johnson situation at the end of his career with the Colts. I mean, Fitz could, I mean, I, I did see him play a little bit last year, but honestly that would hurt Rondell Moore. I would think a little bit if he came back because clearly Hopkins is there. Clearly Kirk is there and you would want more to be the three, I think to consider him. And he probably still would be ahead of Fitzgerald, but Fitzgerald would definitely eat into some of that time. I think for sure. Okay. Those are our takeaways from NFL preseason week. Number one coming up next it's another record million dollar sale on a sports card here in 2021. The market itself has taken a little bit of a dip, I would say, in, in both basketball, the NBA, and football. But the high-end cards continue to break records. And so we have another one of those to discuss coming up next. We've got the top of the hour update and plenty more right here on Fantasy Sports Today. As a reminder, you can follow us, of course, on Twitter, at SportsGrid and at SportsGridTV as we continue on and our march toward the fantasy football season. Also, don't forget, just a couple of weeks away now from college football. We'll have more when we come back next right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, welcome back. Fantasy Sports today as we wrap up this hour, a Honus Wagner card, the Honus Wagner card, Davis, sold for a record $6.6 million. I know that you uh, dipped your toe in the water pretty big, more than that, I would say, pretty big time in uh, in 2020 and into 2021, but uh, not enough to purchase this one, $6.6 million. That's That's quite a figure there. $6.6 million. I mean, I... I uh... I think that the high end of these sports cards, right? Your Honus Wagners, your Mike Trouts, your Kobe Bryant, your Michael Jordans, your LeBron James. I I think we're going to see even more insane sales on these. Like, and and by the way, I've been wanting I've been wanting to get your opinion on this. I now think that uh, I know, and I know you know the exact card that rookie Mickey Mantle one, the one where he's holding mm-hmm. the bat over his shoulder and smiling. Which, by the way, like mm-hmm. aesthetically, it's just a beautiful card. What do you think of the idea that that is now the card and not the Honus Wagner one? Because in my mind, because Mickey Mantle was, I mean, obviously, like maybe one of the greatest outfielders of all time. Like, and, and Wagner was a good player, but Trout, is, or not Trout, Mantle was like the player. You know, he's got the Yankees cachet and everything. I think we will see that card become the card. It, it could be. I think the scarcity, though, in the Honus Wagner card is the deal. I think that's why this goes for so much, just because I, I think that Honus Wagner at the time asked them to not make his card or something like that after they had made it, um, as the story goes. So uh, I, I think the card you're mentioning, the 52 Bowman, I think, I, I think that that is going to be the most popular card of all time. But, uh, and, and look, you know, the grade is obviously a huge factor in this. Is it, you know, no one's getting a 10. So is it five, six, seven, eight, nine? Um, it'll be interesting to see. It's not not a bad opinion there. I just think that given the fact that there's only a handful of these Honus Wagner cards, I think that could be the reason why it's why it still continues to sell and sell for a lot. All right, that'll do it for our first hour. We've got the update coming up in hour number two. We'll dive back into our headlines, more fantasy football talk, of course, uh, fantasy reality, sports grid 60, plenty more to come here on Fantasy Sports Today. So stay on the grid. Everything happening in the world of fantasy sports and wagering. Play about it now. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.